Hi, Jerome. Hey, Laura. How are you? I'm doing fantastically. <laughs> That's great. That's great. What have you been doing this morning? I went and um, I couldn't run outside, but I could run inside and it was so good. And I was comparing my run to others and um, I didn't fall in the bottom <laughs> quartile. So I was doing pretty, you know, that made me feel really good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. How are you doing this morning? I'm great. It is sunny here in Oakland, California, and we need that as much as we need the rain, or maybe I need that as much as I need the rain. So it's a good Sunday here, February 10th. And we know what tomorrow is. Tomorrow's my birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So today we've got another Billboard Happiness Nugget for you. Um, I heard this one actually on a podcast, uh, which is going to be a theme throughout our podcast is things that I hear on other podcasts, as well as books that we read. Um, and it was on the Sherry and Nancy podcast, though the writer is Sonia Riccati. I may be mispronouncing that, but she, she used this, had this um, nugget that I loved. And as soon as I said it to Jerome, I think this was on another podcast. We and I, you, he and I did. Um, he latched onto this Jerome, right? Cause you love this kind of thing. So the nugget is be a victor, not a victim. Well, I love it. And so does every other, every, not other preacher, but every preacher I've ever heard loves that one. <laughs> you sound, that's one that the evangelists love, Laura. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. We'll move on. Um, the, yeah, but, right. <laughs> you would probably say psychologists like that too. I mean, wouldn't you say that something in your practice, you, well, it's something lot. that you have to really be careful about saying, um, before you um, sort of um, acknowledge the emotional truth of mm-hmm. one feeling like a victim. Right, because that can be, for people who are coming to you who are in, in trouble or in times of trouble, um, you have to be very cautious about what they're ready to hear, right? Yes. And when. Yes. And if you respect them enough and 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 love them, whether it's your patient or your friend or your kid, you still impart the truth. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which I hope we make the point today that emotional truth and fact are different things. And that's one way you get out of that victimhood sometimes. Oh, interesting. Well, I want to come back to that um, because I think that's an interesting thought that I'd like to hear you talk more about. But the something about the language of this, be a victor, not a victim. I, I, the idea of it is great. I, I was worried that for a kid, it might not make much sense. It's a little, um, I mean, victor is not a word we use in our world that much. And I just thought it was a little um, tough maybe for a kid. So I was reading something. I came across this article by Steph Curry um, called the underrated and my daughter is a huge Warriors fan and a huge Steph Curry fan you can't be a Warriors fan without being a Steph Curry fan I love Steph Curry too if you've ever seen Steph and his wife do their little 
videos, these little things that they put on Twitter or Instagram. They are about as cute as you can imagine. And Steph Curry is a phenomenal basketball player, of course. Um, but he's he was little. Just like a... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, um, but he's he's a, he's short for the NBA, and he he's been short all his life. Even though his father was a really um, excellent basketball player too. Anyway, this article is called Underrated, and and he told a story about going to a basketball camp when he was little, and the basically the people saying you're never going anywhere. The coaches and he just they were he was just dismissed out of hand. And so he tells the story and he said, I wish I could quote it directly because it was as close to perfect advice as I've ever been given. But he said, here's what I think she said. She said, Steph, I'm only going to tell you this one time. After that, this basketball dream, it's going to be what it's going to be. But here's what I'll say. No one gets to write your story but you. Not some scouts, not some tournament, not these other kids who might do this better or that better and not ever your last name. None of those people and none of those things gets to be the author of your story, just you. So think real hard about it, take your time, and then you go and write what you want to write. But just know that this story, it's yours. That is so good, that that is so good. And well, I'll tell you why I thought it was an interesting kid-friendly take on the victor, not a victim. Because I feel like it's an empowering, empowering idea. Like you get to write your story. That's the same to me. That's the same thing as like you being the victor of your life versus the victim. Um, but I felt like it was a positive twist on that. And mm-hmm. again, something I wish I, as a kid, had thought more of instead of like thinking adults knew all had all the right answers and my father or my teacher or whatever that they were going to tell me what to do. And I was going to do it. and It was going to turn out all right. Like this idea that you're in charge of your own life and mm-hmm. you get to live it how you want to live it. And you get to make the choices good or bad that will put you where you want to be. Yes. 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 What's your own? No, I love it too. Like be the author of your own story. And if you are raising, as we talked about the last time we spoke, um, a curious kid, you know, that is just uh, you as a parent are there to provide the, the context and or the paper or the canvas and you allow your kid to write that story on that canvas and um, and uh, so they're not performing for you uh, so that they can secure an, an attachment to you. They're performing for themselves. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a really interesting way to think about it, too. Like. Because sometimes I think life does feel like a performance, even for me, like I feel like I'm performing for clients or I'm performing for this podcast like right. it it's hard it's hard not to take into account the external gaze of yes, us people. Yes. Um, and it's so important for children to yeah. um, I mean you know to survive you've got to be attached to the people that feed you 
And so we learn to do things to appeal to the, the, the source of nourishment. And um, so, yeah, we learn early on to perform um, and to suppress our authentic selves. Right. Right. But the, the earlier you can think about being the one who is determining your path and yes. is, oh, I just think that's so powerful. Like, again, yes. I, I still feel like that's advice I could use to today. Like, I, I still have a hard time remembering that today. Yes. <laughs> that's ridiculous, right? <laughs> well, it's ridiculous in one hand and and then on the other hand, you know, it just, it's just, we get, it's automatic. You know, we're trying to do what it takes to be included in the such. And so, you know, if you allow your kid to be the, you know, their path is they want to be the goth kid at the preppiest uh, private school ever, you know, they're going to get maybe picked on and, uh, um, so, you know, it's, well, uh, you know, it, it's kind of hard to watch that, um, right. you know, as you let, you know, kids define their own path and the such. Um, so it makes sense to back down the golf stuff <laughs> if you're not being included. But that's their choice to make, right? It is their choice to make. And it is your choice, I think, as a parent um, to discuss that, you know, or even more importantly, I think it's your choice as a parent to make sure that your kid doesn't need to be at the uh, preppy school if they uh, identify or find themselves, you know, um, feeling like golf is the water of their belonging. So you're saying like, okay, this this is obviously my my child's path what they want to do let's look mm. for another school that fits his or her personality more yes yes because if if your kid's getting neglected peer neglect and peer rejection are you know um that sets the stage stage for you know depression and low self-worth and low self-esteem and if you move to another school and you're not being neglected by your peers or rejected by them then you are in a better place well i have to say <laughs> you and i have had similar conversations about this topic of kids doing uh out of the or choosing out of the ordinary ways of being and i've heard you also say like "Mm, they need to get along like (laughs) they need to like get with the program yes if you're in a preppy school if you want to feel left out it ain't gonna work you need to like fit in right well um, or understand the consequences, you know, hence I was wearing that Reagan Bush t-shirt when I was at Ole Miss my freshman year. <laughs> um, forgive, forgive us for we know not what we do. I know. I just, you just got to get along. I wanted to fit in. <laughs> no, but I think it's worse, you know, like it's, you know, the other day I had the, I, um, I was talking to a woman 
who um, went to a new school and she had, she felt bullied. She felt uh, rejected and the such. And she had carried that with her throughout life. Even 25 years later, she was still feeling, you know, her, her body remembered that experience. And so she is slow to warm up and slow to feel like she is part of the circle and the such. And, you know, we looked at it differently and because her parents didn't obviously have a conversation with her about it. Uh, but, you know, us, like what, what was right about them rejecting you? Well, she was a privileged girl. She was a pretty girl who happened to be shy, who happened to use the word whatever, which at her new school is basically saying F off. Um, and that shyness, you know, made them feel like she was rejecting them. And so she thought and has gone through life as the innocent victim being her story. That's how she felt. But the facts were, they thought she was throwing crap. Yeah, they thought they were the victim. of Right. And so, you know, you need to talk to your kid about things like that. Uh, If they're going to choose to be goth at the preppy private school. Right, right. Okay. Let's, I do, there's one thing I, well, there's many things I love about you, Jerome, but one of them is how you, um, you will change your mind. You know, you will change your view. You will learn, you do it every day. You keep a journal every day, right? And you. Like three or four with the most important one being how many calories I ate. But, you know. <laughs> Yes, that's true. What you don't measure doesn't get managed. Um, but but no, seriously, you you like you take in information and you learn from it and do things a different way or moderate your view. And so anyway, I, that's one of the many things I love about you. And it's something I aspire to to not get stuck in my view. Well, one of the many things I love about you is that you remind me of all those many things that you love about me and fuel my narcissism and make me this great grown-up kid. <laughs> you know, it's it's just awesome, Laura. You're parenting me so well. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you. We'll, we'll stop the mutual admiration society here. Um, well, I think this is great. I, I... I I want to recap what we think our um, our billboard happiness nugget is. So, so we always know what we're leaving everybody with. So the original one that inspired this was be a victor, not a victim. Um, but the one that I think works better for kids is um, you are the author of your own story. Only you get to write your story. Um, now that's I- more than seven words. Only you get to write your own story. It's eight. Okay. See, I like Okay, you pick. write your own story, comma, boo. <laughs> <laughs> write your own story, boo. That's just like, that's what Seth Moms would have said or whatever that boy's name is. Steph. Steph, yeah. But Laura, you know, if you recall, you asked me, what's the best thing that you would do in raising a kid before your kid was like, even, you know, was verbal. Mm-hmm. And I said, sports. So 
not only did that boy get to, to hear these this this advice from his mom you know that look the game is going to go on whether you join it or not you just soon need to join this game you know and decide how you're going to play it you know she he also got to rehearse it you get knocked down you get your tail kicked and you still have a bigger vision than this being the last game it's like well next season we're going to state and so i love that you know your daughter loves sports so much because not only i mean it's it's helping her develop or cult, cultivate resilience you know uh there's no being a victim in sports you know you got to you got another game to play yeah that's great you're right and you and um i took that advice to heart for sure and i it has been a huge thing for our family is for her to be so sporty. I mean, you know, where we grew up, our high school, can you imagine me being on the basketball team at our school? Like sports were serious where we went to school. Oh my gosh. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, well, sports were serious, but also being a um, cheerleader, that was serious too. <laughs> And you just couldn't decide that you wanted to be one. I mean, when you were, I mean, that was then, that was a big deal too. That was competitive as well. Yeah, that's, I feel, yes, it, it, it was competitive. And I, I think though, I mean, I do miss, I feel like I missed out on the sports thing and it wasn't just our school. It was just the South in general back yeah. then. Yes. There, was, there wasn't soccer. There wasn't, things that we did growing up, at least not that I knew of, where where girls were on sports teams. There was little league boys and peewee football or whatever, but there weren't options for girls. And I'm really... You're right. You're right. It was not as um, common as it is today. Back then, it was like beauty pageant, cheerleading, you know, but anything that is done before an audience where you can actually get... Uh, booed, you know, is a good thing. Okay, and and you mean that a different kind of boo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's just like you're saying, this is what I want in front of everybody, and I want to be, I want to win, and they can love you or like you, and you can, you know, say, I don't care, I want it anyway, and keep trying. Right. Another double herky. What's that? Another double herky. Oh my god, that's a cheerleading term for people who don't don't know. I will say before we go, I had hoped to do a little wrap up of like what we, what we did last time, which was being curious is better than being smart. To see if I had any um, stories of how that came into my life with my daughter, but um, I don't have any yet. Well, but- I don't have a. A kid to say that I tried it on, but man, have I had fun. I've had so much fun. That's been a conversation starter with every mom with a three year old that I've seen. And where there's the coffee shop at a grocery store, it's just like, and they're like, oh, wow. Everybody's intrigued by that. And, and of course, after they think about it, you know, I think that curious is definitely the way and when i was getting a beet latte yesterday it's my new um <laughs> getting my white girl card stamped um 
uh, I was talking to this woman. She had a three-year-old that insisted on being five every time he showed me with this, you know. Uh, anyway, she was like, well, also, when you're opt to be curious versus smart, it sort of takes out a lot of that uh, anxiety mm-hmm. because there's so much anxiety with trying to be smart or be the smartest. And I was like, wow, very good point. Yeah, that is a good one. Well, yes. speaking of curious, how are your curious crackers going? My curious crackers are changing my life. I think it must be the healthiest thing that I've ever done for myself. I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, they they are great and everybody loves them. And no one can get... Um, but I back down the salt in them. Yeah, I'm trying to make them just a smidge healthier. Um, I Thank would... you for asking. I'm going to be the, and the, what is it? Um, the famous Amos of crackers. <laughs> well, keep, keep us posted on that. On the I shall. Curiouscrackers.com, which, have you bought, oh shoot, have you bought the URL? You should go buy it. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> go buy oh, it before oh, we okay well we'll have to talk about that <laughs> later because i've never bought one of those <laughs> okay well great talking to you jerome i love you love you too boo take care bye bye